And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the Me and Me podcast uh, with Davey Rusman and Mickey Brennan. Lucky to have Davey Rusman as a lot of the people would be saying these days. Madly in love these days and it's hard to tie him down to get a podcast done. But look, I've managed to catch him lads. I'm, I caught him just for a five minute break and tied him down and we're going to get the podcast done. Davey, have you any energy left for the podcast? Mickey, the only love of my life is football, uh, as you know. So uh, don't be trying to uh, deviate the people of me the way from that. But no, great to be back, all rested and recharged and mad for action. And look at Mickey, it's it's only when you're gone that people start to miss you, isn't it? And, you know, we've been off airwaves, I suppose, for two or three days. And there's all sorts of SOSs going out for the pair of us. But uh, no, we're, we're all good. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, as we said, we, it's only you, you said it there. We, you only realise what you have when it's gone. And um, yeah, um, you know, we were gone off the airwaves for a couple of days. But um, as I did say in one of the tweets that I was replying to one of the lads, just a bit of annual leave that had to be taken. Let's just say uh, before the end of the year. So uh, we're getting it in, and uh, we're still still going to get your podcast set there. Um, we have a bit of action from the weekend to run through. Uh, we have some uh, fixtures coming up, and um, there's been a couple of managerial appointments as well. Or um, uh, what would you say that they've been clarified or? ratified that's the word i was looking for um there's been a couple of teams ratified across um the mead uh, from the by the mead county board and we'll be then going to our usual lotto and instagram interactive posts but before we do davy and um, you know a lot of people are talking about some of the podcasts we did recently the Risbans rankings Excellent. Um, and another one that a lot of people really enjoyed was the managerial merry-go-round. And have you had any more updates? Will we will we save that for a week or two and do a, a full one maybe over the Christmas on it? Well, we might do a recap, but sure, there's, there's no point in us, uh, I suppose, not, you know, talking about the appointments that have been made. And two, I suppose, massive, notable appointments, uh, both of whom... In the intermediate championship, the first of which is Nobber, of course, Anthony Monaghan vacated that place at the end of the season. A man which you'll be very familiar with, Mickey, Paddy Bates, um, who won a championship with Killingcar a couple of years ago in Cavan. I think it was the mm-hmm. first in almost 40 years. That's a great appointment for Nobber. Um, obviously, probably close enough by as well. But at the stage at which they're at, we talked about the money on the power rankings, actually, at how, how big of a year it's going to be for Nobber to try and, I suppose, arrest that slide that they've been on now for the last couple of years and try and push to contend 
again in intermediate championship football. Um, he has a big job ahead of him, but I'm sure that's uh, that's one that you'll be interested to see how it goes. Absolutely, Paddy be a, a good friend of mine. Um, he not only did he manage Killing Care to championship, he managed many a club across Cavan to different championships, but he did manage uh, Drummalee at one stage when I was there, and uh, I have great time for Paddy. Um, he actually, I think he may have had a couple of stints in Drummalee um, over the years, but Paddy is a, a good manager, and if the if the lads row in behind him, he'll have those guys humming, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to follow Paddy Bates with Nobber next year. Um, what and was the other... There's an even bigger one, Mickey, in the Intermediate Championship, and that comes from Dundry, where um, a, a name in which we didn't expect to leave was Kevin Kevin Barry. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we did thought that he was going to stay on, but he's since departed, and the role has been filled by none other than Barry Callaghan, the uh, the great Barry Callaghan going in to manage his hometown club with his, his son, obviously, Morgan, in uh, a key man in, in this side as well. So that's going to be a really interesting one. He's going to be ably assisted by Stephen O'Rourke. Um, I know they're trying to add a couple more to that management ticket, but it, it's a pretty eye-catching um, managerial appointment, you'd have to say, from Dundry. And it'll be really interesting to see what sort of tune Barry can get out of them. Yeah, absolutely. And we all know his credentials and uh, it's... As a player, and we know his credentials as a manager as well, and what uh, the players that have played under him have said about him uh, in years gone by. Um, yeah, really, really interesting one. It'll be, uh, you know, be watching that one with bated breath because maybe, maybe it, it, they're doing the right thing here. Maybe they've they've decided that we wouldn't have thought that Barry Callum would have been available for that job when we were talking about it. Um, from talking to somebody in the club recently enough, they said that, you know, in, in recent years, he said he mightn't have the time to commit to it. But I'm delighted that he has committed to it. I think it's probably one of the only jobs that he realistically would have even entertained, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, Barry sort of wouldn't be influenced by many other factors aside from uh, the ability to maybe go in and try and do something with a team and win a championship when it's your own club. Regardless of who you are or what you are, you're always going to struggle to say no, aren't you, Mickey? And uh, Barry wouldn't see them stuck. And I actually think that the period of which Dundry are in just presently, they're, they're probably not far away. Like, take Trim aside now, they're gone. They're probably in that group who, you know, on any given year could struggle, but on any other year they could contend and they could go close to challenging for a championship. And I, I think if he gets them, and he will... You know, there'll be a big culture change in Dundry. They'll, he'll go in there, he'll leave no stone unturned. And I, I'd expect them to have a big say in next year's Intermediate Championship on the back of that. That's a savage appointment. Yeah, yeah. Um, mightn't just happen. Uh, they'll definitely have a big say in it. Um, mightn't mm. just happen in the first year. But, yeah. um, you know, this could be a, a, a project for the next couple of years. But they definitely have... All, like they'll always be in the mixing bowl. You know, we'll, we'll always be saying, you know, who are the contenders? And Dundery will, will be one of the contenders. And yeah, you never know. He could fix that and, and write it in one year. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to follow. Look, there are loads of other appointments and uh, uh, managerial um, places available um, since the last time we talked. And we will maybe revisit that in a couple of weeks' time over Christmas when... You know, we know a little bit more and maybe a few more positions have been filled. So what we'll do now is we'll move on now to the results from the weekend. And of course, there was loads of Leinster club action 
um, the club championship action. And we'll start off, I suppose, with our intermediates. Trim with a convincing win, Davy Ruspin, one fourteen to Thomastown's one goal and four. And Thomastown, who had beaten, <coughs> excuse me, I think they had beaten the reigning champions in Kilkenny, four times uh, champions, um, uh, really went into this game with high hopes. But look, Trim, well-oiled machine and, you know, made no mistake, didn't take their, their opponents for granted at all and came away with a, a well-deserved 10-point victory. Yeah, I, th- I think the only thing that could have possibly um, stopped Trim last weekend was complacency. Yeah. And we've been sort of around the Trim camp for long enough now to know that that would never be a factor under the stewardship of Kevin Riley and indeed the, the players of which he has at his disposal. I think that's 16 games now, Mickey, uh, unbeaten or they've won 16 games on the spin so far this year. They'll want to make it obviously 17. They'll possibly one more just to go before Christmas. Um, as um, Kevin Riley put it, I think um, when the in the last couple of days when a um, what do you call it? a trampoline landed in the grounds of Trim, um, he did say, "I think that's 16 on the bounce." <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it is. And do, do you know what? Look, it was a professional job. Again, they'll be a little bit disappointed at I suppose the goal that they conceded um I think right at the death a bit like it was against Infecans the week before but you know that's only a very small jot on an otherwise flawless copybook like to, to to win by 10 points sort of pulling up is all that can be expected of them they know themselves they have bigger test line ahead um you know they'll have a tough semi-final but regardless of who comes through the other semi-final between Clara and uh, Kilcock that could be potentially a huge final just after Christmas. But it's an amazing story. We said a few weeks ago that there were the side that we probably felt were most adept or most equipped to go on a bit of a run in Leinster. And so it's proved to have been the only lads team left. And um, it, good to see a bit of rotation in the squad as well. You know, Kevin using, I suppose, the, the comfort, comfortable margin of victory to get game time into fellas who maybe wouldn't have got all that much game time up to press. The likes of James Murray was drafted into the starting 15. James, a very talented dual player, arguably more, more known as a hurler, but he came on, started, got a score, and uh, he certainly given Kevin food for thought. Connor Quigley still has to come back into the squad, nursing a hamstring injury. I'd expect him to return next weekend. Um, and a big spread of scores as well. You had... Um, one nine between Aaron Lynch and Mikey Cullen of that one seven coming from play. So that's an outstanding return from that potent two man full forward line and a typically uh, heavy contribution from Alan Douglas on the 40 with three points as well. Trimmer motor and well still, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in fairness to Thomastown, uh, of their one four, all of it was scored by the one man, Rory Monks. So that's a name to watch out for um, if Kilkenny are ever to come back into the football championship um it'll be interesting you know like i wonder if there's a if there's a rule for for rory monks that he's allowed to play football with the county or something like that because by the looks of things you know um he was their their main threat on the day but look trim march on as we said they will face off against who are they facing off against david Rispin? They're playing uh, Cross a Beg, uh, Ballymurn from Wexford, Mickey, Wexford, on Saturday yeah. week, down in Wexford. So, you know, it'll be it'll be a big trip down. They're going to go into the game as favourites. Um, that, that there's no is, question. That game is scheduled for a mead venue on the 18th of December, Davy. Oh, it's a mead venue. Jesus, brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I actually thought that, that it was a, an away game. But, yeah, Saturday week, 
Um, brilliant if it's in mead. That's fantastic, and it's another boost to trim. I'm just thinking, the uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's yeah, that, that that's great news. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, it's absolutely brilliant if it is in a mead venue. Now, look, I thought that the semi-finals might be in neutral venues, but uh, according to our friend Fergal Lynch. Um, uh, he has it down as a meet venue on Saturday the 18th of December at 1pm so which would be absolutely fantastic and you know there's no reason as you said Trim just keep marching on and um, they're they're flying high at the moment Davey before we go on to uh, uh, some more football um, Kildalki were out as well against the Offaly um, Senior 2 champions um, I think they're called Cloda um, this game was played in Tullamore and Kildalki lost out in this one by a solitary point. It was one eight, uh, one fourteen to Clodagh, one thirteen to Kildalki, and Kildalki did lead. I think this game by eight points at half time. Yeah, it was one ten to five points at half time, but um, disappointing because you know they, after speaking to the ma- uh, to the players after the final and to the manager, they really were you know looking forward to uh, maybe having a run having a go at um uh, at the Leinster Championship. Yeah, it's a shame. It, it, it's a real shame, Mickey, to be honest with you. Um, because of the position they put themselves in, I think one ten to 5 up at half-time in Tullamore against the Senior B Champions, playing ever so well, but um, unfortunately they just couldn't sustain it and, you know, fell victim to a, a massive second-half performance from Clodagh Gales. Um, Kildalki themselves only contributed three second-half points, Mickey, which sort of tells the tale. Um, brilliant in the first half and like you said and from listening to the podcast that the review of the final that was something that after all the celebrating was said and done they're really going to put their best foot forward and try and give a good account of themselves they gave a good account of themselves but the position in which they were in against the type of opposition they were against it'll be a big disappointment I suppose to um to Kildalki to fall victim of that but you know they'll they'll take stock and come again next year but it's always you'll always have a hint of gr- regret when you lose by a point yeah absolutely and and, and and like one of the things about it was like that that, that their big men did stand up on the day for Kildalki and and they came so close it will be one that they will um probably regret you know it suggests Davy as well the scoreline that there was a, there must have been a big win in this game because um you know they led by eight points at half time um Clodagh Gales had only scored five and and Tull, or, or Kildalki only managed three points in the second half and as we said Clodagh Gales only managed five in the first half so you'd imagine that there was a substantial win and that's that that was their undoing in the end yeah because they're, they're quite a a fit season team aren't they Mickey you know you've seen them yourself in action they're so also I don't think it was a thing about being gassed or anything like that they did have uh two weeks as far as I can gather to recover from the championship so um yeah just one of those I, I suppose and probably nothing went right for them in the second half and uh you know the Offaly champions eventually warmed to their task and ably assisted by Dara Dunn who hit 10 points the, the Langtons Liam and Connor contributed three and Joey Joey Keenan got a goal and a point as well. So, um, you know, they they just couldn't really sustain that first half performance. And sadly for them, they'll bow out. And uh, yeah, not not a good weekend for the Mead Hurling Clubs. Boards Mill, um, who I know we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, got uh, a heavy trouncing in Leinster as well, Mickey. Yeah, and we'll be be coming back to the Boards Mill game now in just a moment. Uh, 
Davey, I was um, going to move on then to the Wolf Tones. I was going to do Football of Hurling and Football of Hurling. Um, the, the Wolf Tones were out on Sunday against Kilmacud Croaks in the Leinster. And um, disappointing result in the end. I suppose caught out by a couple of th- things, um, Wolf Tones. I suppose the, the goal, the freakish goal that, that, that Kilmacud scored... And and then the sending off of Keen Ward was silly, um, you know. And 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 the tones, I suppose Kilmacud were there for the taking on the day. Kilmacud were there for the taking on the day. I seen this game, Mickey, and uh, I t- I don't think they're all they're made out to be. To be honest, which I do, I think they're all Ireland contenders. Probably not. Well, if tones give a good fist of it. The difference was Paul Mannion on on the day. He was absolutely sensational, yeah. Mickey. He kicked uh, he kicked six points, five of those from play. They were all monster scores. Um, Dan O'Neill did his utmost to curtail him, but when you have a guy like that who has the X factor to had the ability to kick scores from forty five meters at his, at his ease, um, it makes things extremely difficult for the opposition team. I suppose. Wolf Tones rallied when it looked like they were probably going to be soundly beaten at one stage in the first half and got a great goal through Keane O'Neill. Lovely sweep and move. Thomas O'Reilly burst through the heart of the Kilmacud defence, laid it off to Keane Ward. And Keane Ward, um, when it looked like the goal was at his mercy, decided to throw the ball across to Keane O'Neill, who was brave, braver than Rory O'Carroll was on the goal line for Kilmacud and got the desired touch. And that gave them a real fillip there. Trailed by two at half time, and they were right in the game. But I suppose the referee wasn't all that kind to them in the second half. I think it's fair to say. Um, the sending off to Keane Ward, like I don't think they could have probably too many complaints about it. He two yellows. The second one did look high, but there was a few other up, few other um, fouls. calls and and fouls that I thought went against the Wolf Tones and. You know, they, they'll probably rue a, a few bad wides as well themselves. They just took a long time maybe to warm to their task. When they did, they were ultra competitive. They gave a good account of themselves and they were competitive, which I suppose is what we wanted to see from them. Porrick Diamond was absolutely brilliant, by the way, in the midfield. He kicked yeah. two smashing points um, at different stages. Really, really instrumental performance by him. But just that little bit of class at the other end with Paul Mannion, that was the difference, Mickey. And another thing, like uh, that, that I felt felt as well was that maybe it took a while for Wolf Tones to actually start believing that they were as good as um, the Kilmacud Croke side. You know, it, 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 they, in the earlier stages of this game, because I was trying to watch it and trying to watch the women's um, football at the same time, and and switching over and back to both of them, and I just. The feeling that I got was that Wolf Tones maybe gave them a little bit too respect, too much respect in the early doors. But once they figured out and realised, hang on, these guys are are not world beaters. They're they're normal footballers like any other team we've played against. And Wolf Tones started to play their game. They were they were just as good as, if not better, than Kilmacud Crows. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they competed really, really well across the field. Uh, Keane Farnan, to be fair to him, made a couple of really smart stops at different stages to maybe just keep Kilmacud at bay. But they're always sort of in the game, Mickey, you know. And um, this is on the back of having a wedding on the Friday with Stephen Shepherd. Probably not ideal preparations for them. Um, even after the red card, I thought they still showed enough guile and guts to trouble uh, Kilmacud, but they just couldn't get that elusive 
uh, second goal, which they sort of needed at different stages. And I suppose Kilmer could under the stewardship of Robbie Brennan, who uh, we'll actually mention in a few minutes' time. Exactly, but yeah. of course, Robbie's a Dumbayan man, and I think his father is a Wolf Tones man as well. So he didn't sort of know them better than most fellas going into provincial football would know the team in which they're playing. He, he was kind of, his side just did enough to keep the tones at arm's length, but he, he realised after that they were on a real battle and they'll have to improve greatly if they're going to have a say, not just in the All-Ireland, but definitely in the Leinster Championship. See, I don't think that does enough, gives enough credit to Wolf Tones. Maybe Wolf Tones are an awful lot better than they're giving them credit for and they would have had a, a big say in, in, in where the, the, the Leicester Championship could have gone had they beaten Kilmacoke Crokes. Um, ben Shovelin's goal, um, he pretty much shoveled it across the bloody line, didn't he? <laughs> it, it, it was, do you know what? I actually think it was an amazing piece of improvisation. And at the time, I thought, uh, I actually thought he was a very fortunate fella to get it. But first off, Keane, makes, Keane Farner makes a great stop and it comes back to him. And he's on the ground spinning. But it wasn't as if it just hit his knee or hit his boot. He actually made a movement for his boot to the ball. Okay, you'd have to say it was lucky when it, the way it ended up in the net and everything like that, but the intent was there. I actually thought it was a really good goal. So unlucky from a Wolf Tone standpoint, though, you know, at, at that stage. But that was one tree to a point. And it would have been very easy for me on McDermott's side to probably just, you know, say, actually, it's not going to be our day. We'll, we'll lie down, we'll take our beat and whatever it is. They didn't. They actually responded brilliantly. Um, and I thought if, if a few other things sort of fell into their favour and possibly they were a little bit more streetwise, you know, whereas Kilmacud are a side that have probably played the trade in Leinster football before. Obviously, Wolf Tones, it's a long time since they were in the Leicester Championship. I just thought if they had to come through and got an easier game in the first round and then played Kilmacud Crokes, I just think it would have stood to them far more. But to be fair to them, good effort. Um, and, and they'll be pleased enough with Obviously, they'll be thrilled with their year, but they'll be pleased enough with how they play themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, it'll be one that they'll feel maybe got away as well. And um, I'm surprised that you um, that you think that Ben Shovelin actually was trying to connect with the ball. I just thought he fell into it. I'm going to have to watch it back a few more times um, just to see that. But um, yeah, hard luck to Wolf Tones. Um, and I suppose we, we have to say it, best of luck to Robbie Brennan uh, from Dunboyne as he goes forward with Kilmacud Croaks. Um, Davy bringing it back down to the hurling. Um, Boards Mill were playing Shamrocks GAA from uh, Offaly on uh, Saturday. And this one was a bit of a rout. It was Shamrocks GAA 218, Boards Mill three points in the AIB Junior Hurling Championship, the Junior Leicester Junior Club Hurling Championship. And this played in Dungani and... Yeah, um, look, Boardsville, again, will, <laughs> they've gone up as intermediate championships into senior hurling again. And, uh, you know, this has all of the hallmarks of a team that maybe, you know, weren't, weren't ready, were maybe thinking of a Leinster campaign. I'd agree with that. I, I think in their defence, they're a team that have been, going strong across football and hurling yeah. all year round. You have to Absolutely. remember, they actually played an intermediate hurling final this year. Um, they were beaten by Wolf Tones back in June or July, August time, was it? Yeah. And then had to sort of dust themselves down and prepare for an intermediate. And I think they deserve great credit for the win, which they gathered themselves again to go again for an intermediate after the disappointment of the defeat against Wolf Tones. But that they did, 
they, they obviously had football as well to contend with. They had a very good year getting to a junior quarter final. What I'm getting at here is they were competitive across all sectors all year round. Yeah. From start, and I mean from Talton Cup in football to, to hurling, it was a long year, long, tiring, emotional year. They lost a couple of lads along the way. They have a few kind of older soldiers, to to put it lightly, and that. And I, I just don't think, as you said, the Leinster Championship would have been on the top of their priorities. They achieved their goal at the start of this year, which was to win an intermediate. They'd have hoped to have done it against the Wolf Tones a few months ago, but it doesn't matter. They're there. They're going to play senior next year. What it will have to be for Vinny Guy and his management team is a bit of an eye-opener to the standard at which they need to get to. That was a junior Leinster. They're coming up against teams now. The likes of Kildalki we see who were ultra-competitive against the awfully senior B champions. Um, Boards Mill were playing the awfully junior champion, champion. So that kind of tells you the, the gulf and where Boards Mill need to get to if they're to be competitive. Okay, they'll be in Group B next year, the senior, but there's still going to be no gimmies in that and they're going to have to be up for the task and up for the challenge if they're to survive in senior hurling next year. Yeah, 100%. And and, and like, as you said, um, dual club, all year competitive and everything. And and most of the, the funny thing is, is that they're one of them dual clubs that they're pulling from the same core players like their their yeah. their ten best footballers or their ten best hurlers at the same time, you know that kind of way. So um yeah, it's been a phenomenal year for them and they'll just put this one down to uh experience and um you know maybe maybe it wasn't the top of their priority list and and so be it. But um yeah, senior next year and they'll go again. They'll have a good Christmas, that's for sure. Lush beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Now, I suppose to move on to the Queens of Mead football. Um, absolutely incredible stuff. Dumboyne 2 11, Fox Rock, Cabin Teeley 2 8. Dumboyne are Leinster senior champions. It's like deja vu all over again. Mead and Dublin. Mead coming up against the hot favourites Dublin in the Leinster Senior uh, Club final. And, you know, it just happens again that Mead go out and blow a Dublin team away. And make no mistake about it, Davey Rispin, they deserve this victory. Okay, they weren't great in the first half, but a completely different side in the second half. And I don't know, like... like where does where does it go? Where do, where does it stop? Where does this juggernaut that is Mead Ladies football stop, or does it just keep going? I uh, hopefully it doesn't stop, Mickey. Um, absolutely sensational, and I think the way you summarised it is is brilliant in the sense that you know, a bit like the Mead Ladies at, at very different stages throughout the course of the year, they were in some really sticky situations and predicaments, but not once did they sort of panic and, and press the panic button. There were four points down at half time against the side going for six, six 
or seven in a row, Mickey? Six and well, they'd won six. I think I, I think this was their sixth final in a row. Or had, had they done yeah, six Adelaide's, in a row beforehand? Yeah, six I, I think they had. I think this they had. Seven. I remember yeah, seeing. Sorry, the, yeah, they were going for their seventh successive Leinster title. I remember seeing them the year they won their first or second against adults who had won the senior in Mead that year. They were absolutely fantastic. And I said, this team will never probably get beaten or whatever. But to be fair, we did sort of fancy Dunboyne's chances. We we said that, you know, OK, they mightn't have the vast array of county players that Fox Rock Cabantilli have. They have a lot of players who come in via different counties, Mickey. They settle in Dublin and they play their club football with Fox Cab. But Dunboyne have two of the biggest aces in the pack in, in ladies' football nowadays, yeah. in Vicky Wall and Emma Duggan. They're impossible to mark for a game, and that was the case. Vicky Wall picked up another man of the match, hit four fantastic points. Emma Duggan came to the boil brilliantly in the second half, but it was that woman, Fiona O'Neill, who got a massive goal as well in the middle of it, Mickey. Yeah. Um, what a story that is. She's the captain. She's She's been gone for years. She only had a child seven or eight months ago. It's just an absolutely incredible story, and um, she's she's by far and away the the elder stateswoman on that team. When you look down through it, the amount of youth, the, there's no reason, sorry, why Dunboyan can't go on and dominate not just Mead but Leinster now for the years to come. And now that Fox Rock Cabotelli have been dethroned, I think that just speaks volumes as how Dunboyan and indeed the sort of football in 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 mead at ladies level is at the moment mickey you have to say um i, I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger for vicky wall like she has just had the most like you, you she will never have a better year like it's unfortunately it's all going to be downhill from here but um look they're going to take stock they're going to have a great christmas like boards mill maybe even better <laughs> and uh they'll, they'll they'll go again in the new year in an all-ireland semi-final and you couldn't say that they, they won't go into that semi-final or indeed the final if they do uh, with, with any sort of fear or, you know, they, they should go into it thinking that they can win it. And I, I can't see any reason why they can't either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like, like you couldn't bet against them at this stage. That's that's for sure. Um, and we wish them all the very best luck. Um, uh, and look, they can down tools for a little while, enjoy their Christmas. They'll be go back into the All Ireland series after, after uh, uh, the Christmas uh, season is over in January. Um, and again, just to let our listeners know that on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, we will be doing a full roundup of the Leinster um, Senior Club Championship with uh, Dunboyne, obviously, and Fox Rob Cabin Teeley. We have interviews from that one, and then we'll be going to the Wolf Tones and Kilmacud Croaks one as well. And uh, on our uh, Loyal Royals podcast this week, we will also be announcing the We Are Mead Junior Championship Team of the Year. So that's another uh, podcast you don't want to miss, and it was well worth waiting for for all those people that have been crying that we haven't been here Monday or Tuesday. Um, or, 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 or half of Wednesday, um, we will be back and we, we're coming back with the We Are Me Junior Team of the Year. So, yeah, plenty of podcasts for you this week, lads. Um, Davey, we will move on now. And where I'd like to go now is to the announcement by the Mead County Board of their new management teams. So um, the first one uh, that I want to go to is the Mead Minor management team for 2022 and the manager of course is going to be Derek O'Brien from St. Dalton's Waterstown, Simonstown. Um, <laughs> he is 
this indulgence man these days. Um, uh, and he's joined by his selectors and management team of Keith Brady, Robbie Brennan, Stevie Clare, Paul Farrell, David Gormley, David Nolan, Kean Rennix, and Stephen Smith. Um, <clears throat> brilliant appointment. I know that these lads have been involved at underage over the last few years as well. I think they might even be moving on with the under-16s and under-15s that they would have managed over the last couple of years. So great to see the continuity there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the name of the game nowadays, Mickey, isn't it? Like, And that's what we want to see as well. It's not going to come as great surprise to see Dell being the, the new manager. As you say, he has been involved with this sort of cohort or this group um, all the way up through the development squads in Mead. And he's formulated an absolutely brilliant management team with him. Um, you have a mix of sort of fellas from inside and outside the county, guys who have come into the county, fellas who have been involved at underage, uh, guys in which he disoldered with and known as well. So I actually think it's brilliantly assembled. It's an exciting management team. And this group that he's going to be working with is well touted and just maybe like Cahillow Bricks charges were this time last year, fancy to go on and do a bit of damage and, you know, the, the, the problem with the way in which it's gone a couple of years, the gauntlet has been laid down to the likes of Dell and the, the lads to go and win a Leinster again. That's that's the sort of pressure that comes with this management job now because we're no longer happy with beating Dublin or just competing or getting to a Leinster final. We've set the bar and the benchmark so high for ourselves that we have to almost win a Leinster every year. And that's that's great. But, but it brings a different sort of degree of pressure, and, and particularly for the young lads. But I just hope to go out and express themselves and show us what they're capable of, just like this year's group did. And, you know, when everyone will be happy and everyone will buy in and get behind them as well. I played with Derek for, for many a year, and I have to say he was one of the most intelligent footballers that I've ever played with, and one of the most skillful as well, sure. He comes from a long list of O'Briens from Waterstown who've all played um, uh, county football for Mead and would be, you know, um, uh, legends in their own right. But um, Delboy now, uh, looking forward to to uh, to seeing what Delboy can do this year. And, uh, of course, his, uh, his selectors of Keith, Robbie, Stephen, Porrick, David, David, Keen, and Stephen. David Nolan from Wolf Tones. So, again, something I wanted to just point out to you, Davy. You know, there's there's two guys down there that have Simonstown written after their name, but there are an extra three who played for Simonstown in there, but just probably um, are in their latter years are playing with different clubs. So, um, just an interesting. Why did they all leave? Why did they all leave? Women, yeah. Davy. Women, Davy. It'll happen to you. Don't worry. <laughs> I hope Where, not. <laughs> what, what? What will be your next club, Davy? <laughs> Nemo Rangers. <laughs> Nemo Rangers. <laughs> I'll play a bit junior football down there. <laughs> oh, Lord. And, uh, Davey, we're going to move on now to the under-20... Uh, oh, sorry. Um, the, the minor hurling manager was announced as well uh, in the last couple of weeks, and that's going to be Ger O'Neill. And the under-20 hurling manager will be Peter Dernan. So, um, as well, I'm not sure if they've worked with the um, underage teams over the last... Uh, um, couple of years, but Peter Dernan was at the helm for the under twenties last year, um, so there's a bit of continuity there. Yeah, and and Peter's still playing a bit as well with Kiltail, uh, excellent hurling man, um, very in touch with sort of the strength and conditioning and the physical and fitness side to the game. So he'll be an excellent man to go forward. And obviously, after winning the the All Ireland B title this year, 
there was he was the only man for the job. Jer O'Neill was a terrifically decorated player in his own respect, and I think was still playing this year. Was playing one yeah. junior championship with Kilmessen didn't he Kilmessen, this year, sorry, and yeah. uh, he takes over from Davy Gahan, who you know did it did a great job with them. They were unlucky in in some respects not to come come out with any silverware in the last couple of years. I think Gerald go in and he'll probably look at it with with a view to uh, trying to get over the line and win silverware. It's all about bringing through and developing the next crop or next generation of players. But you have to say that, I suppose, Mead Hurlan in general at the moment is certainly uh, going in the right direction and there's a real positive field around, uh, around the scene. Yeah, absolutely. And then the under 20... Football manager um, has been ratified, no surprises here. It's John McCarthy, and he brings with him his selectors of Sean Kelly, Colin Coyle, Joey Farley, Carl Sheridan, and Michael McDonnell. Um, an unbelievable management team there. Obviously, the addition of Colin Coyle and Sean Kelly, uh, who wouldn't have been involved with at minor level, if I'm right. Yeah, that's right. Um, Colm Coyle, of course, was uh, Castleham manager last year. Sean Kelly is going to be joint manager at St. Colm Kills this year. Joey Farley was obviously with him with that side, as was Carl Sheridan uh, and Michael McDonald, I think, as yeah. well. So, um, yeah, he, he's kind of freshened it up, hasn't he, John? But certainly kind of keep him with the tried and tested. And, and why wouldn't he, you know, Leinster champions a couple of years ago, or this year, <laughs> put from a couple of years ago and, and beaten in an All-Ireland semi-final. And you're going to have a, a beautiful blend of this year's and last year's minors, which should make for a fantastic side. Um, really, really looking forward to seeing how they can they can do. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, Carlo Brick, is he taking a development side? or? Yeah, so Carl will, will work with sort of the under... Uh, you call it the under 19s yeah it's basically the guys who probably aren't just quite ready maybe too young to go with the under 20s who will most definitely be in the mix this time next year and that's when Cahill will come into his own um but join, yeah i think probably he'll yeah. probably join the management team next year and take over the following that's, year when that's it his, exactly yeah yeah that's, that's so, that so like it's, it's great and and you know you're talking about the continuation from a to B and B to C and so on and so forth. That's exactly what we want. We just want a bit of stability. We want to know what's happening, when it's happening, and at least we have clarity now from an early stage. And again, probably the worst kept secret in MGA, really, those two appointments over the last few weeks. But, you know, great to see them finally nailed down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, for people out there who worry that, you know, well, if you're bringing the same fellas through, the management scheme the whole way up to the top they're only going to play certain fellas and whatever and uh, you know they're only going to have their pool of players that they want to pick because they won't want to see anybody else if you look as well at the management teams they, there are slight changes each year there's maybe two new guys go in with that management team each year to give it that you know uh, new set of eyes for for, for looking out and, and and seeing or spotting talent that may have been missed and whatever, which is also brilliant as well. It's, a, it's very, you know, they're, they're showing a bit of foresight with that as well. Yeah, because like you have to remember there's certain players who maybe don't develop or they don't get yeah. a chance or they're just unlucky uh, from a minor level and they start to come to the boil then when they start to play adult football for the respective clubs. So like the door is by no means shut and it, that'll actually be very interesting to see. Um which sort of fellas come into the fold that maybe haven't been involved to an extent uh, in in the last few years. So that's a really good point. And 
look at John, you know, John as well as anyone as well. Like he he won't shut the door on anyone. He'll give everybody their opportunity to impress him and to get themselves into that panel. Um, it'll be an ultra competitive panel to try and get into, but that's what we want again. And uh, yeah, what what a team and prospect, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, brilliant, uh, uh, brilliant work by 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 all involved at the moment, and great to see. Um, the the continuity and how it's it's how it's how it's running so smoothly, and uh, hopefully that will continue to to be the case. Okay, Davey, we will do our lotto segment now. Have any have any of the PROs been uh, in contact with you saying you never let let us know about our our our, uh, our lotto this week? <laughs> well, they've they've been sleeping themselves, Mickey. I think they've been on annual leave too. There is a few, obviously. Ballard Lock at Susan Farrell. She's one woman who doesn't take any holidays. She's uh, never misses a beat out at Ballard Lock. Their jackpot of four thousand five hundred euro last week was not won. The letters drawn were M or S and T. Um, the next draw takes place on the 13th of September or of December. Sorry, they had uh, a few match three winners. They had plenty of match three winners who would share 100 quid between them. Uh, Margaret Corcoran, Stevie Keane, uh, Anya McCabe, Lucy Ryan, Sadie Keane, Martino O'Reilly, John Madden, Andy Smith, Teresa Tunney and Tom Stafford. The next draw takes place in the chalk. Um, Manalvi GFC, their 10,000 jackpot was not won, so it stays at that for uh, next Monday night. The numbers drawn were 4, 10, 21, and 22. Three 20 euro winners who are Peter Bryan, Emma Power, and Bridget McGreal. Next draw is Monday, the 6th of December. You can play it on Manalvi GFC.ie or on the Club Force app. Dunshockland and Royal Gales, um, their jackpot was not won once again and uh, it rolls on they had four match three winners who were Jack Radon uh, Mary Inglis Saoirse Harrington and Louise O'Riordan the numbers were 1, 8, 20 and 26 uh, as a result of having no jackpot winner and due to the fact that our lotto has not been won for a number of months, they're deciding to hold a Christmas lotto bonus draw and give away 10 200 euro cash prizes. And oh. uh, the winners are as follows five online tickets Charlene Keeley, Anne Carolyn, Sharon Carroll, Pauline Owen, and Hazel Gallagher. They had five physical ticket winners as well, who are Niall Rooney, Kyle Cottrell, Mary Inglis, who was. Uh, a winner of a match 20, three winner as yeah. well, yeah, of 50. So she's done all right, 250 quid in her back pocket. Uh, Catra McHale and Dolores O'Regan was the other one. The next draw is a Monday, the 13th of December at half eight, live on Facebook. 30,000 euro of a jackpot, 30,000 of a reserve, 4,200 of a second reserve. A massive mm. thank you to all our supporters. If you're not in, you can't win. You can play that one on the Club Force app. I'm raging we didn't win anything in that one. No, no, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Corta GFC, next up, 7,100 jackpot was not won, uh, which means it rolls on to 7,200 next Friday night. 24, 26, 27, and 31, the numbers. Kay Murray, Hazel Burke, Deirdre Coyne, Marie Hughes, and Shamie Mulrow uh, win 20 euro each. And we had a 50 euro Hogan shop voucher, which is going to Lara and Raymond Quayle. Um, it rolls on to 7,200 and you can play it at cartoongaacom forward slash lotto. I have a few other 
announcements aside from the Lotto Mickey, but I'll let you crack on with your couple before we come to them. Cool, no problem at all. I, I, I'll come back to jellies in just a moment. Um, cracking, absolutely brilliant. The enthusiasm was amazing. Um, so in from Declan Kinsler and uh, Sanchison, uh this week's Lotto's numbers were 17, 19, 26, and 28, and there was no jackpot winner. There was five 25 euro winners. Uh, they were Patricia Cunningham, Nigel Hickey, Aidan Lawler, Anne Byrne, and Jerry Moore. Next week's Lotto is still 10,000 euro, and you can do it on smartlotto.ie forward slash Centralstown um, or go to any of their social media pages, and you will find the link there. Then Jelly gets in contact with me, fair play to him, uh, sends me a picture of the draw. Draw 3rd of December was for 7,250 no winners. Match 3 winners were Owen McGrain, Stephen Laverty, Niall Foran. The numbers drawn were 10, 12, 15 and 17. Next Friday's jackpot, the 10th of December, is 7,300. And Jelly's best line then, just play it in the usual places. <laughs> just play it in the usual places you know like just don't be annoying me like um so that's online or through the club's app app or you go on to any of their social media pages and you'll get the um link to the lotto there but i just thought that was right just just play it in the usual places lads you know you know where else would don't play do? don't play it on the black market or anything like that <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. don't play it in an unusual place don't play it in an unusual place, but uh, I know. Look, thanks, William Jelly, for letting us know. But that is a lot for this week. Davy, you wanted to add a couple of announcements there as well. Yeah, so there's a few clubs um, doing Christmas draws and different things coming up to the to the Christmas period, obviously to try and give themselves a bit of a push towards the new year. The first of them that I have is from Curraha, Mickey. It's called the Grand Draw. It's a thousand euro to be won each month. Um, so how this works basically is a thousand euro each month from January on. It's going to be limited to 220 people and um, there will also be spot prizes up for grabs each month. You basically pay 20 euro a month or you could pay annually and get one month free. So essentially it will be 220 to get yourself in for the 12 months. There is only 220 tickets, so you'd have to say a decent chance of winning it. Maybe the first draw is going to take place on the 14th of January 2022. Uh, you can enter the draw with a monthly direct debit payment of 20 euro on the Curaha website. You also have the option of an annual payment for 220. Um, alternatively, you can get in contact with uh, the Curaha uh, GA secretary at Curaha GA at gmail.com for any other inquiries, and uh, they'll be happy to answer your call there. The other one that I have on my list that we've actually supported at Mickey is Oldcastle. GFC and uh, thanks to Alma Purcell there in Oldcastle who sold us the ticket for the Dacia Santero uh, car Mickey which is up for grabs at this Christmas it's a car or if you don't want a car you have the option of taking 12,000 euro alternatively they have a second prize of a grand they have two prizes of 500 euro and they have five prizes of 200 euro the draw will take place on Stevens's night the 26th of December 2021 Tickets are available for €20 Euro each, or you can get three for 50 That's exactly what the We Are Me team have availed of. Um, and you can get in contact with Alma. You can go on to the Oldcastle uh, page, and uh, you could get your ticket there. What a draw that is, and wouldn't it be absolutely fantastic to win that? Uh, the last one I have, Mickey, is from my old quarter, GFC, and we do our usual Christmas raffle. We have a €1,000 Euro 
of a monster hamper up for grabs um, with every sort of item you can associate with eating or drinking at Christmas. We're going to have it in this uh, hamper. We do it every year. It's a major success. And uh, I've, I've seen the hamper firsthand. It's absolutely incredible. And it, you need a forklift to lift all the stuff to wherever <laughs> it goes to. Um, so so it'd be great if people supported that one. We have a second prize of a 200 euro one for all voucher and 100 euro one for all voucher for third place. Tickets are 10 euro each. You could get three for 20. If anyone wants them, the easiest way is to come to me, Mickey, just like Jelly, all the usual outlets. You can go out to court at ga.com, but come to me. I'll accept Revolut or any other sort of dodgy card payment runs or anything like that. I'll, I'll accept anything, Mickey. Yeah, he wants us to go to the usual places. And you want us to go to an unusual place and uh, support us, so we do. So you do. Um, that Dacia Santero that we're in for, it's obvious that we're going to win it. And as I've said to you already, I just want to—I just want to let the people know. I'm going to have it from Monday to Thursday. You can have it from Friday to Sunday. That means okay, I get an extra day, but you get the weekends. It's fair. Yeah, and, and looking at some of Mead's fixtures next year, Mickey, I might need something like that for the road come the Saturdays and Sundays. But uh, yeah, it would be absolutely incredible if we did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed, we're, we're in it. We have three tickets in it, so let's... Absolutely, let's absolutely, yeah. Now you said it, um, Davey, and uh, yeah, look, look, if you're not in, you can't win. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. So we'll move on now to the Instagram Interactive, Davy. I'm, I'm sure you've had a little bit of Instagram going on since Sunday, and there's probably a lot of Instagram going there in relation to the fact that they haven't heard their Instagram um, post being read out yet. Yeah, well, the actual the Instagram post was put up on, uh, on Sunday, so these have kind of been stewing... For a few days now, but there, there there was a good few of them to be honest with you. So we better get around to them. The first of them is from uh, Jack Walsh. Typically, you know, if I get it out of the way, good and early, Mickey. He says he wants to know what the League of Ireland managerial merry-go-round looks like. And Jack Byrne back to Rovers. I suppose Tim Clancy is a mead man, so we should mention he's moved from Drogheda to St Pat's. That's the only one that I think I'm aware of at the moment. Unless you want to add to that. No, that, that that was the only one that I saw as well, was Clancy uh, going to St. Pat's. He was a Trim Celtic man um, yeah. as well. So um, that is interesting and it's good to see that, uh, you know, the, 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 the guys involved with the Meeting District League are getting the recognition that they deserve. Because the Meeting District League, in fairness, is a high standard. Um, I, I don't know why he's leaving the Meeting District League to take a step down into the, into the League of Ireland, but Sherlock... <laughs> uh, Zach Griffin asked could Emma Duggan do it on a cold rainy wet night in Cortown like Daniel Farley this is in relation to the Kells or the Gilcon Kill under 20s which we will read out their results from after this Instagram interactive we haven't forgot um, or have we uh, but could she do it in Cortown on a west Thursday night like Danny Farley did last Thursday night 
Absolutely, like uh, she's she did it in Tinahili a couple of weeks ago. She could do it in Cardin, I tell you. Yeah, uh, and we'd be only too happy to have her. Andy Smith says, hard luck to the tones, but where does Mead rank football-wise in Leinster? How far are we off it? Do, do you know, like, <laughs> I, do, I, I do have conversations about this um, quite a bit. Um, I, I'm not, I, like, I don't see the point in it. No team starts off at the start of the year in Mead Championship going, right, we're going to give Leinster a good run here this year. Because that's not the way the Mead Championship is. The Mead Championship is so competitive that you can't be thinking about Leinster. Okay, it's all right for, we'll say, the likes of Akil McCudd, who, who may, you know, think that they have a great chance of winning a, a senior championship in Dublin and going on into Leinster. Or we'll say the likes of Port Leash or um, uh, the, the Mullingar, um, what's their name? Lomans, yeah. Lomans, Lomans and, you know, or, or Mullingyachta. There's a few teams across the, 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 the province who know they're going to win their their county title and can start preparing for a Leinster campaign. I, it's not that we're far away from it. It's just it's not a priority because the Mead Championship is so hard to win. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with it. I, I don't think we'll be judged, to, you know, losing to the dubs by four points or whatever it is. It's probably the, the years gone by where we've fallen victim to the Longford champions, the Wexford champions, you know, the ones. Um, I, I think you said it there. Was Simon Sound the last provincial win we've had at senior level in 2018? Yeah, yeah 20, we, 2017. We, we beat the Wexford champions and then lost to Lomans by a point. Um, yeah. And we also lost to Road um, the, re- the year previous to that by a point as well. So, like, I just... I think the quality is there within the club's scene in Mead, but until you're guaranteed to be winning a Mead Senior Championship, you can't mm. really look any further than that. And then, you know, you don't you don't have enough time then to adjust your mind and prepare yourself for a Leinster campaign. Yeah, it, it is a mentality thing. And I remember when we had Stephen Bray on, he talked about this, that, you know, it was impossible to sort of focus. He wanted to have a run. That was probably the one thing missing from his you know, yeah. illustrious career was a run in Leinster. But then you look at Trim and their mindset and the way in which they're focused. Okay, you could say that they walked through the intermediate or whatever, but I don't think they would have looked past the, the intermediate championship, but the way in which they approach every game and approach the Leinster championship, there, there's actually something there that could be really sort of um, blueprinted by a lot of teams out there. But, you know. Well, uh, see... I don't know. We've seen me teams having great runs in intermediate and junior and whatever before. And there's another thing to that is that you know they're they they now treat their Leinster campaign at intermediate level as a level above what they were playing. So it's nearly preparation for senior championship. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, Where, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So and they also want to lay down a marker before they go up to senior championship and go right. Well, just to let you all know. We're going pretty well in Leinster Intermediate here. We're, we're good enough to be at senior level. You know, I, I think the senior is where it's at, and, and I just can't see how Mead teams can can prepare for a Leinster Championship um, with the way the Mead Championship is so com- competitive. Good question, though, so, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. So there's plenty of love for Dumboyne. Robert Perfield just said Dumboyne ladies with six clapping hands 
Andy Smith followed his one by saying also congratulations to the Des Moines ladies. Savage achievement. Uh, Joe McQueenie says, and I'll tell you one thing, Des Moines won't fear the dubs. And uh, the last one came in from uh, Richie Ladd, who said uh, Des Moines didn't need any luck versus the dubs today on V Abu. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, they, they were just awesome. And, you know, the game against Tin Healy, I said it like, you know, they came away, they scraped a victory in that one. This game, they dominated. Like the second half, they completely and utterly outplayed uh, Fox Rock Cabin Tealy. And even, even that goal towards the end that Fox Rock got and whatever, it still didn't look like Dumbine were ever going to lose that game. And I just thought that they were absolutely awesome from start to finish. And what, what a panel of players as well. Absolutely, Mickey. Uh, Colin O'Brien says, no cameras, no Mickey Brennan. What's this about? Uh, Colin O'Brien said, no cameras, no Mickey Brennan. Um, no, if there is cameras there, you won't see Mickey Brennan. That's what I, I think he, he should have been saying. Ah, there was a bit of a spat going on um, on the weekend. I'm trying to figure out why, where, what he means by no cameras, no Mickey Brennan. But uh, go on, if I can figure that one out, I'll, uh, I'll come back to you. Hmm. Uh, John Kelly says any news on next year's Mead Miners uh, this year's highly rated from a long way out any news regarding the 2020 Miners uh, it would be great to continue our dominance of Leinster and yearly beating of the Dubs at minor grade uh, and he's followed this up before this was announced to be fair by asking who the manager would be sorry for all the messages um, so that was it yeah, well, we announced, as we said, uh, that's come out in the last couple of days, that the management teams have been ratified and, uh, yeah, continuity is uh, the word at the moment, I suppose, and it's it's, it's, it's it's continuation of what's been happening and I know they've all been working very closely together as well. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing how both the under-20s and the minors go this year. Alan Brown asked, was there some poor refereeing in Park Talton on Sunday? Um, yeah, like, I, I, I did feel that, that, that maybe um, Kilmacud got their freeze a little bit easier and um, and he was probably a little bit harsh on, harsher on uh, Wolf Tones at times. Now, I do think that, you know, looking back, the sending off two yellow cards... You can't really, can't really argue with them. Um, I did uh, like this. The second yellow card, he does connect with the ball, but his arm is coming right into the player, and he knocked the ball right out of his hands. But his arm is is, is connecting with the player. Look, it's six of one, half a dozen the other. I suppose we probably have to get a referee uh, like Andy Smith or someone like that to give their thoughts on it. Yeah, maybe not Andy. Maybe Robert Burfield, I think we might go for. <laughs> oh, you saying that uh, you'd prefer to go for a good referee, is that it? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen Rob in action, he's top-notch. Jerry uh, <laughs> Morgan next in, and he said, fair play to Matty the Plug Mulrow for stopping the league in Tara Mines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been there's been uh, awful worry here around Navin over the last few weeks about this um, flood in the, in, in the mines. So who's getting the credit for, for plugging it? Matty Mulrow, the plug ah, himself. The plug himself, well done, Matty. <laughs> 
next in is from Extra Time Sport, and he says, lucky to be working, a.k.a. the goal in the attic with COVID. This is our friend David Ferris, Mickey, yeah. who does be in touch on uh, the podcast. Turning into a bit of a cult here, I won't lie. There's plenty of Instagram uh, interactive coming up in relation to him, but he was diagnosed with COVID, but I can report that he is doing well and he should be on the mend and should be out of isolation this Sunday, I believe. Um, uh, are you sure that COVID wasn't diagnosed with David Ferris? That's the way I'd say it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. There must have been COVID in a bottle of Jemison or a can of Heineken or Pratsky. I'm not quite sure, but look, he'll be out of the attic by Sunday and uh, he, he'll be free, lad. Good stuff. Uh, the next one comes in from Deco, and he just said, "Buying girls don't need the attic." Hashtag athletes. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely unbelievable, and, and and one of their best displays—not the best all-round display, but the best—the second half was just something to behold. It was they were just a juggernaut, like, and they just didn't stop. Like it was, yeah, complete. They are brilliant athletes, but they're brilliantly talented as well, athletes. For sure. Stephen Masterson uh, was wondering why Nafina under-21 hurlers didn't field against Kildaki. Do you have any uh, insight on that one, Davey? Do you know why they didn't? I actually don't. That was, that was the first I heard about it, to be honest with you. Um, no idea. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Navin and Matneys, uh, themselves coming in and saying, Nam getting their first Division 1 hurling title in a while at under-13 level. Yeah. Um, now, I wonder if that's what he was on about, because um, I wonder if that was what Colin was on about, because Shane Crosby was, was at this under-13 match taking the photos, and so he was. So um, I wonder... If that's what he was on about, it's that, that that I wasn't at that game as well. But yeah, they picked up an under thirteen Division One um, title, so um, brilliant stuff. Um, after winning under thirteen football under 15, uh, title, wasn't it? Well, they won under thirteen football final a couple of weeks ago, and they won the under fifteen. Um, on the they're, they're coming again. They're coming again. Like again, they have gone back to the drawing board, and they have got. Ex players involved with all the underage teams, and it's it's bearing fruits for them. It's a uh, it's a no brainer, Davy Rusman. <laughs> I first time I've heard that in a while. <laughs> uh, Burner saying Buff Egan wearing a Kilmessen Camogie hat to the Galway Senior Hurling Final, and I can confirm he did. And I sent this to him, and I said he's a big Mead supporter. Um, and he just texts back, by God. And I says, Do you know what, Buffy? You're more than welcome to come on the We Are Mead podcast at any stage, and we'll try and iron out his differences with Mead uh, hurling, which has stemmed from a couple of years ago following Mead's Christy Ring success. We'll try and get that sorted. Wouldn't it be great uh, for Christmas, Mickey, if we could, you know, ease all the tension that's there? It is a bit of a shame. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, is there any need for this? There, there isn't. Um, and it could be easily sorted out. And maybe, maybe we're the intermediaries that could sort it out, Davey Westman. Yeah, for sure. Killian Smith once again saying the goal is in the attic. Lad needs a can. Lad needs a can. I'd say he, I'd say he's got plenty of cans up in that attic with him. So he does. I think um, he's well stocked and he has a toaster and all above. So I think he's going to be all right. Uh, Luke Casey, um, as you were mentioning, Mickey Navinomatni is under thirteen, doing the double in hurling and Gaelic. What an achievement! A great year. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, you know the the rise starts again. Um, and the under fifteen as well, so you know there's there's definitely good uh, good and great work going on in the Omanis club. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one is from Simon Finn, and he says Brax for under twenty. Um, we'll come to that in a couple of moments, Davy. But um, yeah, like they they um, but Simon's turned to the sword anyway in the first round. Yeah, you have to give credit to Clonard as well. I know Simon's saying Balnebracky, but Clonard do have a very decent representation on that amalgamated team uh, that did beat Simon Simon. We'll come to that result, as we said, in a few minutes' time. Lily Brady says, I love Emma at all, but Vicky Wall will always be my fave. Yeah, look, Vicky is class. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of unsung heroes on that team as well. Um, uh, that have been brilliant in the games that I've seen them for Dunboyne this year. But um, yeah, we'll come to that maybe on our Loyal Royals podcast um, when we do our roundup of uh, the Leinster Championship from the weekend. The final one does come in from the aforementioned lucky to be working, aka David Ferris, and he says the mead footballers slash hurlers need to prove a point. The mead footballers slash hurlers need to prove a point. Is this in relation to something? Or... Or what? I think it's just next year he's saying it. Oh, okay, okay, right. Well, yeah, um, they need to prove a point. Well, the Mead hurlers, they're going to be operating in the Joe McDonough and they're going to have to, you know, they've, they, they've stabilised in there, so they need to now push on. Um, and the Mead footballers have been on the rise, as we've seen for the last couple of years. So um, why not make this, um, make a point in 2022? That'd be great. Absolutely. Lifted the Leinster crown again. That is it from Instagram Interactive. Excellent. Um, well, look, um, thanks for everybody getting involved. Um, it's always brilliant to hear your your comments on our Instagram Interactive. And, Davey, what we'll do now is we will uh, just run through the results from the Under-20 Championship and look forward to the fixtures for this weekend for the Under-20 Championship because it is at semi-final stage, if I'm not wrong. It is indeed, Mickey. So the quarterfinals did take place last weekend. Uh, there was a host of games on Friday night, 3rd of December, first of which uh, was in Division 1 of the Football Championship, where Summerhill defeated Retolt 111-18. to There was a one-point win for Dunshockland against St. Colum Kills in a massive game, two sides who have dominated underage level uh, at Mead for the last number of years. Dunshockland 11 points and Colum Kills 1-7, a big, big win for the chocolate showing that the future is indeed black and amber and it is bright for uh, the chocolate side despite the relegation this year. Dunham Rashburn defeated Screen by three points, 13 points to 10. And uh, the biggest margin of victory was that game between Simonstown and Clonard and Balnabracky. It finished Simonstown five points, Clonard, Balnabracky 15 points. What a win for uh, the amalgamated side in the first division. Moving into Group A of the Football Championship, 
Um, and a funny scoreline from Waterstown and Sedgestown, the John McCarthy derby over there, and it was Waterstown two goals and a point to Sedgestown's 115. So just three scores for Waterstown on the night, two goals and a point to 115. Sedgestown march on. There was a, a three-point win for Navin O'Matneys as well against Cleary Emmett's 111 to 11. Navin O'Matneys march on. And St. Peter's De Boyne operating in the A Football Championship but uh, Brush and Dilik Bellews town aside, 311 to seven points. And um, then on to Group B, there was a couple of games played Friday night as well. Uh, Ballinlock just about edged out their neighbours' old castle. That classic derby, Mickey. It was Ballinlock 15 points, Old Castle 2 8, a one point win for Ballinlock. And in the other game, played in Cortown last Thursday night, Gail Column Kill emerged after extra time in a cracker against Dundry, 2-9 to 2-8, a one-point win for the Kells men in that one. Moving on into Saturday then, in the B Championship, um, Clannagale were beaten by Kilbride, 1-8 to 1-5. Rakenny and Slane, that amalgamation defeated the other amalgamation of Kilmain and Wood and Nobber. It finished one 12 to 1-4. In Group C, uh, St. Pat's won 10, Nafin at 7 points, and a big win for Bechtavon Dunsany against her toad, 3-11 to 2-10 in that one. In D, Group D of the under-20, Jenkinstown Gales had a massive victory over Longwood, 3-15 to 3 points. Um, and there was also a game somewhere where I'm missing. I know our, our under-20s won as well, Mickey, and I can't find them. Here we go. It was Friday night as well um, in Group C. And uh, the Stultons Corto Gales had a big win over Minolte. Eight goals and nine points to four goals and eight points. Um, plenty of goals on show. And I suppose when you have players of the calibre of Dar Riley and that running riot, uh, Potty Rennick's got a hat-trick as well. You're always going to be conducive to goal scoring performances uh, and the other game in that group from Condrit Mead Hill from Condrit obviously fresh from their Premier success carried on their winning ways with a 114 to 9 point win over Carnal Ross um, looking ahead then Mickey to this weekend and on Friday night there is uh, a few semi-finals down for decision the first of them comes in the Division 1 between Dunham or Ashburn and Clannard and Balnebracchi at 8 o'clock Dunshockland so and Summerhill, that looks like a tasty one as well at 8 o'clock on Friday night. In Group A, Navano Matney's take on Wolf Tones or Trim. That game is actually down for decision tonight, Mickey. Wolf Tones and Trim. The winner is going to have, what, two days of a turnaround? Not even. They're going to be back out again Friday night to play Navano Matney's. Not ideal, but I suppose when you factor in how well Trim are going, there's no real um, way around it, is there? Uh the game was meant to be choosed tonight, but due to Storm Barrow was called off as well, so that, that didn't help their case. Uh, St. Peter's the Boyne and Drumbarra. That's a fixture, isn't it? St. Peter's the Boyne and Drumbarra. Um, the Boyne, obviously, in the second division. Drumbarra up in the second division, and that could be really interesting. Do you know that? Uh, Drumbarra, incidentally, on their own as well at under-20 level this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, no Kilmainham. In the C grade, St. Ultons, Cortown, Gales take on St. Pat's de Mullen at 8 o'clock in Cortown on Friday night. And from Conrad Mead, Hill also have a home game. They take on the amalgamation of Beck 
Van Dudsaney. Then on Saturday in Group B, Kilbride play Ballinlock in the semi-final. And in the other semi-final, it's Gail Colm-Kill and they take on Rakenny and Slane. In the D grade, it's St. Bridget's versus St. Michael's and Jenkinstown Gales versus Balliver. Um, there's a few semi-finals then for this decision as well in the Hurland Championship. Kildalki and Trim, Clannagale, Ratoth in A, it's St. Peter's the Boyne and Kilmesson, Ratmaline versus Dundry, uh, Dunham Rashburn versus Drumree, and on Monday it is St. Pat's Wolf Tones versus St. Pat's or Wolf Tones versus Ratoth, and then next Tuesday the final one is a semi-final between Town and they'll play the winners of St. Peter's, Dunboyne and Drabara. Whoever comes through that game Friday night will play Town next Tuesday. Yeah, some really tasty ones there. I love the sound of that, that St. Peter's, Dunboyne, Drumbarra one. And of course, we're waiting on that result of the um, Trim and Wolf Tones. They were out in Leinster action over the weekend, so they were their game was put on during the week. And as Davy said, due to Storm Barra, it was moved out to... Uh, today, but I have gone online, Davy Rispin, and I can't find uh, a result for that game. So I'm, I'm guessing the weather was horrendous this evening that it may have actually been called off. But uh, again, we'll have to we'll have to look out over the next couple of days for that. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so it's straight knockout in the championship as well this year, Davy. And once you're gone, you're gone. You're not going into a plate or a, a shield or anything like that. No, time constraints, Mickey, to try and get it ran off before Christmas, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, week after week. The finals are going to be played Friday and Saturday week. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all going to be done and dusted before Christmas, all going to plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it is absolutely brilliant that the competition is getting played and, um, you know, will be played before Christmas, thanks be to God. So, um, you know, whoever does go and win each of the grades of the, the Under-20 Championship, they will definitely be able to go out and celebrate over the Christmas. Look, Davey, that's it from this episode of the We Are Mead podcast. We Are Mead, why it matters more.